0: Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are taking a quick break from all of the spooky and creepy and horrific horror Halloween related episodes that we've been doing lately. So take a look at another recent movie that just came out. It's in some theaters and is on VOD as well. It is Miranda July's kajillionaire this is one i was really looking forward to um it was it looked very strange and i like strange and uh it did not disappoint so i am looking forward to talking about it and with me today uh his first time on the show is the Vern from the cinema recall podcast so i am very happy to have the Vern on and you should check out his podcast where this week we are talking about possessor which hopefully you heard our Possessor Piecing It Together episode with Josh Bell a couple weeks back. And I was happy to jump on the Vernes podcast to talk some more about that movie because it's a crazy one and I have not stopped thinking about it ever since it came out. But that's Possessor. Today we're talking about Kajillionaire. So before we get into this conversation, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And, of course, make sure to follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces and also maybe check out our patreon patreon.com slash david rosen it's got a whole bunch of bonus content from my music career it's got advanced episodes of piecing it together and a bunch of bonus content from awesome movie year and we're also going to be squeezing up some all rice no beans bonus content soon as well so lots of great stuff on there Tears starting at a dollar and going up from there so check it out if you enjoy the show and you want more of what i put out there so with that said let's jump into this conversation about kajillionaire all right so joining me to talk about kajillionaire we've got the Vern from cinema recall how's it going Vern?
1: Well, hello, David. Thank you so much for having me on the Peace and It Together podcast. Been a big fan for many years, and it feels <laughs> very exciting and very cool to actually be in the studio here with you. So thank you very much.
0: Yeah, we've been trying to get you on for a while now, and uh, it feels like... It Feels like forever ago we talked about Alien on your show and it was uh, too long back when movie theaters were were a thing right um but Where uh, are it? It? <laughs> Where
1: Did you well, talk about these movie theaters I'm yeah so that's
0: from a bygone era but uh what wh- why don't we tell people a little bit about you and your podcast tell everybody uh, what it is you do
1: ah uh, thank you very much David yes hi I'm the Vern I'm the host of the Cinema Recall podcast. And on the episodes, we have guests on, and we talk about movies, and we talk about our favorite moments in said movies, and that's basically it. I also do, like, little solo reviews, uh, look back at movies from years past and whatnot. I also have put together a few audio dramas on the page as well. So yeah, it's just a big, big, big lover of movies and just really enjoy talking about movies and discussing things about movies and having guests on and just having all all good time.
0: Fantastic. I mean, you're basically coming to it the same place I did. So, you know, just love, love talking about movies and let's start some podcasts. So for for this movie in particular, Kajillionaire, I, I, you know, I, I, threw the, the message out into the Twitter-verse or whatever and asked if anybody was interested. And you were interested in this one. Was this a movie you had been, like, really looking forward to? Are you a fan of uh, Miranda July's? Or was it just something where you were like, oh, I, I could talk about that?
1: Well, uh, that's a funny thing, too, because I've only seen, like, one and a half of her movies. Mm-hmm. And the ones I've seen, I'm not a big fan of. But yet, okay. I, I like her. I like Miranda July as a person. Uh she wrote a really good article in my Criterion edition of Punch Drunk Love. And okay. with with that in mind and other things she's written, I'm like I'm a fan of her, but not so much a fan of her movies. But yet I still like her drive. And I remember seeing the trailers for the Air, and I thought, well, this looks kinda different. This is not the same mm. sort of like mumble core dialogue that I'm used to seeing in a lot of her other features and sure. I just thought well this is a nice little change of pace and was very much curious about it from the trailer I saw
0: right on yeah I, I had only seen uh me and you and everyone we know and I I saw it like way back when it came out so it, it's been a while and I don't really remember it leaving like a major impression on me but definitely I know that she's like one of these people who Uh, you know, people really seem to celebrate in the indie world and definitely when this trailer came out, I was like, oh yeah, this, this looks great. This looks like right up my alley. And, uh, so it it was definitely something I was looking forward to and I think it's going to be an interesting one to talk about in this whole, uh, looking at influences and you know, our, our, puzzle pieces thing here, what we do on the show, Uh, so why don't we jump in? We'll have plenty to talk about, I'm sure, uh, throughout this conversation. Why don't we get to your first puzzle piece for this one?
1: All right. Well, my first puzzle piece, be the fact that the story of Gagillionaire has to deal with a family who are poor and they're kind of con artists in a way and they steal small things here and there. So my first puzzle piece is Parasite.
0: Absolutely. (laughs)
1: <laughs> because the family in Parasite, there's a story. If you haven't seen Parasite before, a story about two families. There's uh, a very rich family and a family that's really kind of poor. And I thought the family in Kajillionaire, uh, especially with the uh, the father, Richard Jenkins, and the mother, uh, Deborah Weiner, uh, and their daughter, Evan, uh, Evan Rachel Woods, um, they actually seemed a lot like the poor family in Parasite having to scrounge by and Mm. plus stuff, and there happens to be, there's actually a way for them to get richer than they were before. So I found the connection between that present family and the family in Kjellanera to be very similar in a lot of ways.
0: Sure, absolutely, and and it's funny that uh, I, I'm curious I, this was definitely a movie that I was uh, considering using as a puzzle piece as well, uh, Parasite and I wonder, because it's so recent I wonder if this movie was written before or after Parasite, because it's such like an in the Zeitgeist thing right now, what with its Oscar win for Best Picture and everything uh, and, and it so clearly has that connection there, it so seems like it was inspired by that and it's more of like a uh, uh, you know, American Indie Cinema version of a similar kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, it's really hard to say when scripts got done and when they're sold. So, Miranda July, should, Miranda July could have had the story, you know, completed before, per se, but it was never sold. Sure. and. Not saying that both movies are similar because they're both very, very different movies. Spoiler alert, folks! I found Parasite to be a better movie than Um, Air, <laughs> but they were they were both had similar characters and whatnot.
0: I, I think I'm in the same camp there, but uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> what What about uh, you, David? What's your first possible piece?
0: So yeah, my my first piece for this one, uh, I'm going to stay right right in the same path of, of scam artists and con men and all that kind of stuff. And this is a very kind of surface level one, but I, I had to mention it. And that is the Steve Martin, Michael Caine classic, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Uh, Which is a a very different kind of story, of course, but I think that they are kind of just the ultimate when it comes to con men in cinema. And this family, kind of like you were saying, they're getting by on con after con and one upping it's, uh, you know, each one to get to the next step and next level. And I, I think that they did it the best. And, of course, you also have a movie that kind of then ends up going in a slightly different direction with the end, with the big twist in in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And while it's not really a twist here, it definitely does kind of then uh, push out into something different that that the movie overall is trying to say here.
1: And also, too, David, uh, both families, or both con artists, are affected by a woman that comes into the mix. Sure, yeah, that works. yeah, well, yeah, both Steve Martin and uh, Michael Caine, uh, they're affected by the woman that comes into life. And the same thing goes with the family members. They're uh, influenced by Gina Rodriguez's character, Andrew Gillespie. So Yeah. Because everything's going fine with their con, and then another person comes into their family, their world, and shakes things scenes up. And it's the same thing, too, for uh, that female actress, who I'm blanking on her name. Uh, how she affects uh, Steve Gina Rodriguez? Yeah. Oh, oh you way. mean
0: you mean in in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Yeah, I I can't think of the name right now.
1: Yeah, I know she's been in like uh, Did Tracy and you know, a few other features right there. But it's yeah, help each character influences our con artists in each movie is really kind of a cool thing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Glenn Headley. That's the name. Then, there uh, you go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh Cool. Yeah. But uh, great. Great. First two pieces for us to kick off getting into the con artist stuff, but what do you got for your next one?
1: Okay, uh, well, my next one here, uh, have, has to do, uh, actually, right Now, my next puzzle piece is Dark Tooth.
0: Oh, Dog Tooth, okay, yeah, I, I still haven't seen this movie, I really want to see this.
1: Yargos Lanthimos movie, I think it's probably one of his like debut movies he directed, and Dark Tooth is about a family. That lives in isolation. Um, mm-hmm. And they actually tell their kid. The parents tell their kids. All the wrong names for items. So <laughs> if you see a chair. The chair is called the C. Or if you see a radio. A radio is called the blue pen. So the kids are kind of giving all this wrong information. Uh, they're told that their brother. Has escaped to the other side. Has been banished the most dangerous animal in the world is a cat. So you see a cat run away from it because it is deadly and it will tear you from limb to limb. And so, <laughs> and the movie actually follows, uh, there's like a daughter in this family and uh, she starts to get some exposure to the outside world, which mm-hmm. makes the family kind of mad. And that kind of reminds me of uh, Evan, uh, sorry, yeah, Evan Rachel Wood's character in a which, mm-hmm. Because her parents are kind of telling her all these wrong things about life. You know, they kind of say later on, too, in the movie that, well, what do you want us to do? Do a dance for you? Uh, no, we just tell you all things should be. We're not going to try and coddle you anymore. Uh, so she has this very kind of, like, limited view of the outside world. Even more so uh, when you see her with, um, I'm trying to remember her name now, Gina Rodriguez's character. When she's out in the outside world, mm. just doesn't really know how to react and so I just found the connection between the daughter and Tooth to have the same sort of, like, connection with the daughter in Kajillionaire. Just the fact that she's never been in the outside world before, you know. Sure. There's a great moment, too, in Kajillionaire where uh, Gina's, Gina's, or Aunt Gina's character has her do a dance. And the only dance that she can do is to do all the moves she's done trying to rob the post office. <laughs> That's, That's the, the only frame moves. of reference she really has. Yeah, so that's all. than she learned to dance too, and there's also a, a sequence too. The same type of dance sequence happens in Dark Tooth, where she's kind of like copying dance moves that she saw from a stolen VHS tape that whatever nice. friends brought over. Yeah, so. Oh, that's
0: yeah. great! Yeah, great, great puzzle piece, and I I think that yep. that uh that really kind of shines a light on kind of the best thing about this movie, as far as I'm concerned, is the fact that yeah, you've got this you know funny con artist family you know story, but then there there's clearly something more here. What with the uh, with with the the idea of you know d- does a family kind of owe you nurturing and and do you owe them to to stick together if you're not getting what you need out of that relationship and it's really an interesting kind of uh story that she put together with this movie
1: very much so david what do you have for your next puzzle piece
0: so I am going to go I am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one more uh one more scam related movie here. Uh and th- this one that I'm going to bring up technically based on a true story whereas of course Kajillionaire is not, but uh it's a movie called American Animals from a few years back and you ever heard this one? Okay, it, it's it's a fun heist movie about these idiots who tried to do this absolutely ridiculous scam that was never going to work and uh it it was just this thing where it just gets worse and worse and worse as it goes, like the plan and like the knowing that everything is just going to go just straight into the ground and, and and go badly for everybody involved. And I kind of get that feeling with Kajillionaire as well with uh, with this family trying to pull these scams. And it's like they're always just treading water. They're never going to get anywhere where they think that they're trying to get to and you just know that things aren't going to work out for them as a family unit and hopefully something will work out for the daughter and you know spoiler alert it does seem like she's going to be uh heading in a better direction by the end but as far as far as the family is concerned though it's it's not going they're never going to reach any kind of a good place
1: it, when I read the plotline of this American Animals, it reminds me a little bit of a movie from the late '90s called Killing Zoe, with mm. uh, Eric Stoltz and Julie Delpy. Ah, uh, that one's also about a bank robbery that just goes wrong from the outset. So sure, yeah, but sure, this one this, is this one more of like a comedy.
0: It, it's, it's like an indie, uh, it's definitely funny, you know, okay. it's like an indie drama comedy, kind of, kind of similar tone, strikes a similar tone as Kajillionaire does, so. Okay.
1: Well, Killing Zoe is not a, yeah. a comedy at all, it was like produced by Tarantino, Roger Avery wrote, directed it, yeah, it's a very different tone movie, but I'll, I'll look this one up This American Animals.
0: Nice, nice. Well, what do you got for your next piece?
1: Well, since we're sticking in the whole, like, sort of like, uh, con artist in a way, uh, my next choice is going to be Tokyo Godfathers.
0: Okay, I don't know this Satoshi
1: one. Satoshi Kon's. Well, it's uh, directed by Satoshi Kon, and it has to deal with a, kind of like a family of misfits in a way. Maybe not so much a con, this is more like a family of mit- misfits, and mm-hmm. it's about like um, a homeless guy, uh, transsexual... And oh uh, gosh, one other person, like an alcoholic, and they find this abandoned baby, mm-hmm. their, st- their door, and they try t- to re- reunite it with its original mother. Um, okay, and it's a story kind of like it's not like I put the condition piece here, kind of like how, like, family, even though the family members in um are not usually the best, they still kind of work together as a family unit, even though. Mm-hmm. Separately, they probably wouldn't work together at all. So that's why I kind of put right. to your godfathers as uh, sort of a connection piece about how families can be together even though they're not, if that makes sense. Sure.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think that that's – yeah, that's a big thing with the uh, – with the with the ending of the movie, especially with, you know, whether or not the you know, the family is gonna stick together in any kind of meaningful way moving forward.
1: Yeah. because uh, they the family I mean spoiler alert here for the Jill and Air, I mean Richard Jenkins and Deborah Wiener character, they do some kinda like really kind of like bad stuff near the end of that movie and I was like, Holy crap, that's just but yeah, I I I wasn't surprised by it either when I watched it. It's like, okay, well that's totally their character, and it made sense for them to do that sort of thing, even though I, I as well as ended too like, oh, are they going to turn around and be good? And then they weren't like, oh, of course not, of course not yeah, going to be good. They're not,
0: they're yeah. not good people when it comes down to it. So, yeah. <laughs> even though we, even though we root for them in a way, you know, because they're, you know, how can you not root for Richard Jenkins? But you know, but they're not good people.
1: Even that scene uh, in the restaurants – where he's kind of breaking down and, and crying. I was like, oh my gosh, they 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 turned a new leaf. they actually <laughs> didn't worry about because they were worried they were worried about so much about the big one and the earthquake. And when mm-hmm. earthquake happened they just figured we thought we lost you for sure and we're so glad we didn't lose you. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, great. So uh that Doctor Godfathers was my puzzle piece. What's your next puzzle piece?
0: So I'm going to go with one. Uh, it's an indie from 2014 that I just randomly saw earlier this year called Welcome to Me, starring Kristen Wig. Have you ever seen this?
1: No. Okay. I, uh,
0: it, it was, it's one of the better things that I've seen her in, I think. And uh, it's, it's about a girl who- It sounds so familiar. Uh, yeah, it, it's about this girl who – she has uh, like borderline personality uh, disorder and she goes off of her medications after she wins the lottery. And instead of uh, dealing with with her issues in any kind of a healthy way, she buys a talk show and basically makes everybody be the cast and crew of her talk show. And uh, it's got this just really, like, kind of dark, sad undercurrent to it, you know? Um, But it's also funny, though. And it it also, it just kind of strikes this strange tone. And I think it probably comes from, you know, the world of, like, mumblecore creators and stuff like that, just like Miranda July's work. And I think that that same kind of tone of, you know, what is going to happen to Evan Rachel Wood's character, Old Dolio, as she kind of... Realize like comes to grips with the fact that she has not been getting anything resembling, you know, a good upbringing from from these parents of hers who are, you know, they're grifters and they they are not they're not really raising her in any kind of right way and coming to grips with that, uh, with the the issues that that probably leaves the long, long term issues that she's going to be dealing with and. You know, even though this is a funny movie overall, I think, you know, I had a, a good amount of laughs. There's definitely that kind of that current running through it of, of darkness, which is the connection I made with uh, Welcome to Me.
1: Yeah. Speak about that, too, David, because there are like a moment in Kajillionaire where uh, I think it was, you know, I treat this character as talking to even Eve Rachel Wood's character. Uh, basically, about you know, why do you like these families so much? And she's mm-hmm. telling her about all the things that she does to help out the family. Like, well, how's that helping you out? You're getting these items, you're stealing these items for them, but what do you get out of it? I mean, what mm-hmm. do you Yeah, so that's really good. Um, yeah. It's great right too you talk about Kristen Wiig and the fact that uh, Kristen Wiig is one of those actresses that has been in a lot of like broad comedies like Bridesmaids and the Girl Girls remake, but she does a lot of like serious dramatic work too. Yeah. And she does like a really good balance all that stuff. And she's gonna be featured in Wonder Woman eighty four, uh, as being one of the main villains in there, and it's just yeah, I was just finding to be fascinating.
0: Yeah, she she is very interesting and uh, I when she gets to do more interesting stuff and not just the broad comedies, that's I think when she's at her best. I, I'm very, very much looking so. forward yeah. to seeing what she does with a superhero movie. That's that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> Definitely uh so what what do you got for your next piece?
1: I'm gonna go back to a little crime soccer here, and this is a movie that I've only seen once, but I actually mm-hmm. really kind of enjoyed it. Uh, it's uh Paper Moon, okay, with uh, Tatum O'Neal, and I think uh, Ryan O'Neill as well. And it's about a father and daughter con team. Yeah, it's the only thing i can say. Here. Peter Bogdanovich, I believe, uh, directed this one. Uh, shot right. in really beautiful black and white. Yeah, Ryan O'Neill, Tatum, o- <laughs> Ryan O'Neill, and Tatum O'Neal. I believe, uh, I think they're related in this, but I don't know for sure. Um, but yeah, just about a mother, father and daughter con team. It also stars, Madeline Khan as well. And just the whole fact that they're con people just made this a condition for me. And also the, the daughter doesn't want to get into conning anymore. She's kind of sick and tired of helping our dad do these con jobs. And she just wants to be a normal kid. So she devised this plan to actually con her dad. So, right. yeah, it's good. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It's really kind of a cute little movie. And I think I saw it, like, on cable one night, uh, just kind of flipping through channels. And it was, like, cable channel. that had commercials on there, so there were ads. But, yeah, I had a really good time watching it.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting piece. I, I think I saw it, like, a long time ago as well. Uh, it's been a long time. But, uh, like, it's funny, though, to see how you know, like the modern indie, you know, dramedy kind of thing would approach uh, an issue like this versus something like that from, you know, older Hollywood kind of, you know, point of view and how the, how the daughter would deal with the, the situation of the con parent and, and getting out from under that. It's kind of like such a different approach.
1: And also the, the dad and both uh, Kajillionaire and Ryan O'Neill's character in Paper Moon have sort of similarities too because even though they both kind of like love their kid, they also love what their kid can do for them. You know, like uh, in Paper Moon, <laughs> right. uh, the kid is like really kind of good at like sizing up a situation, find out who's the sucker more and who's mm-hmm. the next person to con. She's really good at doing that. And Rachel, uh, Rachel Evan Wood's character in Kajillionaire is really good at finding out, like, weed spots in the mail delivery system. And there's a great sequence, too, where Evan, Rachel Wood's character, is with Gina Rodriguez's character, and they're in their grocery store, and she's like, there's a camera there. You, you want to make sure that uh, the security guards are here. Here's where I get all the free food. Um, <laughs> don't step on this lines right here, because you're able to block where the camera is. And, yeah, it's really good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Huh. You know, what, that, that's that's actually a good uh, lead into my next puzzle piece, um, which I, I almost wasn't going to bring this one up because it's kind of a silly piece, but uh, I, I had to. I don't think I've ever gotten a chance to talk about this movie on the show before. It's the the classic Norm MacDonald, Artie Lang movie, Dirty Work.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> yes.
0: Which uh, is, is such a ridiculous movie, and I, I love it. But, um, it, you know, oh, it's, the, it's the idea... It is. It really is. The idea of these people doing these, you know, uh, dirty deeds, so to speak, uh, for people for money. Which, of course, they they have the the righteous reason of they're trying to raise money to save their dad in the movie. And here in Kajillionaire, you know, it's not really that. It's just how they how they get from point A to point B. <laughs> it's really just the only thing they do is doing uh, doing cons and and bad stuff. But they do. Uh, do it for hire for people, you know, with uh, Evan Rachel Wood's character doing the, the one job at one point. And so I, I just I thought of that movie and just the idea of, of doing these kinds of deeds for people for money.
1: That is amazing. I I have not seen Dirty Deeds in, like, a really long time. Because it's not one of those movies that gets played a lot. It I don't, no. know I, I don't even know if it's streaming anywhere. Do you know if it's streaming anywhere? Because I really...
0: You know what? I don't think it is. Uh, I, I have the DVD. I just watched it for the first time in like 15 years, like two weeks ago, <laughs> just totally randomly.
1: You see, that's the one they need to bring back to theaters again, because it's not streaming anywhere, and theaters made some money on it, maybe. I don't there know. you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those people scrambling to go watch Norm Macdonald they, movies.
1: <laughs> are they they say dirt, dirty jobs, right? Not dirty deeds. Dirty jobs. Is that...
0: Uh, di- dirty, dirty Work, work actually. Dirty work. That's the name. I don't want to say Dirty yeah. Deeds
1: for dirty, Dirty Work. I'm sorry about well, that.
0: Well, Dirty Deeds is the ACDC song that plays prominently in the movie. So oh, it, it that's what it is.
1: See? <laughs> Case in point, if you actually do a Tate song of another popular metal group that's doing your main music, how'd that be your main movie title? Because otherwise, I'm going to look up Dirty Deeds and I'm not going to find your movie. <laughs> Just saying, producers, filmmakers, just start doing that, all right? Have If you're going to have a main song be the prominent song in your whole entire movie, have your movie be the name of that song, okay? It'll Sorry, make it random. so
0: much easier for us movie podcasters. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, David. So you
1: understand. <laughs>
0: I, I I get it. Absolutely. <laughs> so what us. do you got for your next piece?
1: Uh, Well, my next piece here, I'm actually going to go on to an actor in this, and that's going to be Richard Jenkins himself. Uh, okay. And I think Richard Jenkins has been in some of my favorite movies, including uh, Flirting with Disaster, which was the first movie I ever saw him in. And then mm-hmm. I thought he was like really good in uh, Let Me In, the remake of Let The Right One In. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that he actually put a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, pathos and emotion into that movie. And Let Me In is one of those rare remakes where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to put both the remake and the original on par with each other. And I think Richard Jenkins just adds a little bit extra, uh, a little spice to that movie. Just, <laughs> just put it up a little bit more. But I thought he was great as the uh, guardian of the vampire girl in Let Me In. And of course, I thought he was really good in a 2018's Shape of Water. Oh, yeah. I just thought that uh, him with Sally Hawkins, he plays the neighbor of Sally Hawkins' character. I just thought that he was really good. Yeah. do you you think
0: any either of those are uh is he kind of playing in the same ballpark as as this role as as like kind of the thing that he's doing here
1: no because in this movie he kind of plays a scumbag you know yeah and most of the other movies i've seen him in he's just been kind of like kind of adorable in a way you know yeah kind of of shy and and timid and this movie he's just playing just kind of a a rotten person, like a dirty rotten scoundrel, as you said before. Yeah, he, he is
0: very, very against type in this. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that that's a really interesting thing for bringing him up, for bringing his other roles up. I mean, uh, also Burn After Reading, he's so great in that. Oh, yeah. Um, stepbrothers, you know. like he's exactly, great. yeah. Oh, he's so good in so many things. And this is very much against type for him, which I think is part of what really stood out for me with the trailer when I first saw it.
1: Oh, definitely for sure. Uh, what about you, David? Do you have any other pull pieces?
0: So I'm going to combine a couple of movies because uh, th- this movie definitely is very quirky, which, you know, depending on people's tolerance for quirkiness in movies may, you know, turn them off a little bit here and there. But uh, I'm, I'm going to throw two movies in that are just filled with quirkiness. Uh, what, one is Little Miss Sunshine, which has come up oh. plenty of times. I mean, any time a movie is uh is quirky quirky it's very easy to bring it up but i mean that you know one line everyone just pretend to be normal it is just so this family you Yeah, know what i mean it, it fits so well for this family and and then kind of on the still quirky but a little bit you know darker uh side of things would be american beauty which, you know, again, oh, sure. just like th- this family unit that is just, there's so much uh, dysfunction underneath it all. And, and and I think that that kind of is something that kind of weighs heavy on, on the characters within
1: the movie. That is a very good puzzle piece there. Yeah, definitely with the both families. Uh, I kind of picture the family in Cajillan Air to be more like the one from... Little Miss Sunshine, sure in a way, but also, but definitely a little bit elements too of American Beauty. But I just don't picture the dad from Tajillionaire being like the dad that Kevin Spacey played. Uh, He didn't seem to be the guy. They burnt out by life. He's a he's the type of person that never really wanted to be part of that. Right,
0: absolutely. Yeah, He yeah. he he never he never had any kind of better you know ideas for himself.
1: Yeah, he's not he's not being all burned out because you know he's uh, not getting the job that he wants. He's not being burned out because he has you know lust for a seventeen year old girl. Or, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all <right>. yeah. That <laughs> totally movie. different conversation. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, so, yeah. wh-
0: what do, what do you got next?
1: Well, you know, then I'm gonna actually move over to uh, Evan Rachel Wood, uh, who I mm-hmm. first discovered. In the movie 13, which was mm-hmm. uh, directed by uh Catherine Hardwick, and 13 was a movie that where I just saw like a new actor come through and I'm like, holy crap, this woman is gonna be really huge. And I just mm-hmm. thought that she was really good in that role, and I thought her uh chemistry with Holly Hunter in that movie was actually really good. And I honestly I I know she's done other work since then so this is probably the only like kind of like, star and role that I've seen her in I know she's been in like uh, Mildred Pierce and mm. I know at a time uh she dated Marilyn Manson um she's been in the movies like oh this one in like Pretty Persuasion is another one that I really kind of in, enjoyed her in and Pretty Persuasion uh she plays sort of like kind of a Femme Fatale very much like a she plays the woman that w- would fit in in the world of Heathers in Proof Persuasion. Mm-hmm. So, right on. Uh, yeah, and I just really haven't seen her. She's, like I said before, she's done kind of smaller roles, just voice work, and then Kajillionaire comes out, and she actually has a starred role in this again. Um, and I sure. just found that to be really kind of a cool thing. Not much of a traditional piece, just because it's every which would. She's a star here, and I first saw right. her in, like, 13, when she was, like, really young... And I like just seeing actors mature. And it doesn't matter how many roles they've done. I mean, if she never made another movie between 13 and this, I would still be very impressed. Because I still think that she's a good actress, if given the right role. And I thought her role in this was actually really good. And I like her change of character very much of where she began in the movie to where she ends up. And I think in the beginning of the movie, she's really kind of relying on her family into Jillian Air. And I think near the end of the movie, she starts to, you know, get into her own skin. And kind of like love and appreciate herself. She doesn't have to rely on her family to give her love. Uh, she's learning yeah. how to give love herself. And even though the ending of *Tajillionaire*, I was like, "Wait to be here. So, and I did spoil this, folks. They have all this stuff get robbed. And they left all the toys there. So she was able to turn all the toys to get some money back. And I'm pretty sure that Gina Rodriguez's character has insurance of some sort. Uh, the ending felt it was open ended. I wanted a better closing, but yet mm. I understand where it ends in there. And I thought that she put a wide range of emotion in this movie as well as she does in 13. And if you haven't seen 13, watch it. Uh, do not dismiss the fact that, yes, Catherine Hardwick has directed the first, um, what's it called, Twilight movie. Right. But 13 was her first movie she ever actually directed. Catherine uh, Hardwick was a production designer on many of the movies, I think for the Coen brothers and whatnot. So, yeah.
0: I always forget that she directed that, but yeah, no, that's an interesting movie. And it, it is interesting that while you were talking, I brought up uh, a list of Evan Rachel Wood movies and you're totally right. Like I haven't seen her in many of these things either. I mean, yeah. across, across the universe uh, and then whatever works, the uh, the Woody Allen movie with uh, with Larry David. Yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, no, I haven't seen a lot of her movies. I, that's or interesting. The, the Wrestler. Um, I
1: can't believe I didn't forget with The Wrestler. The, she was really good in The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. That's yeah for sure yeah
0: for sure yeah she's she's got a pretty wide range pretty big variety in what she does and and I think she you know she brings that to to this uh performance because she does have a pretty big arc with you know coming to some kind of grips I mean she's so like strange in the beginning of the movie and you know and she still is by the end but she's really starting to kind of you know come to a place of of wanting to grow and and wanting to have something better for
1: herself. Oh, definitely.
0: Definitely, man. Uh, Do
1: do you have any other uh, pieces to share?
0: Sure. I'm going to go one last one. uh, And this one is kind of also just kind of a throwaway, I think. But uh, it's from a line in the movie from Gina Rodriguez when she says, uh, uh, my favorite movies are the Ocean Eleven movies. Uh, I'm pretty psyched about being in an actual heist. And so I figured we have to bring up Ocean's Eleven, uh, well, of course. You, you know, and that goes along with. I mean, I think when we did the American Animals episode a couple of years back, we used Ocean's Eleven as a puzzle piece for that movie. You know, it, it kind of goes along with anything heist related. You kind of got to bring that that up. And well, these guys are their sights are set much smaller on simple uh, insurance fraud and robbery and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but uh, but still, you, you know, it, it is. Talking about the the classics when it comes to heists have to be inspirational in a way when making something like this.
1: Oh hell yeah. Yes. Yeah. I totally <laughs> agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: I am gonna go ahead and do the finished puzzle and list out all of the movies we just talked about here while talking about Kajillionaire that includes Parasite. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Dogtooth, American Animals, Tokyo Godfathers, Welcome to Me, Paper Moon, a bunch of Richard Jenkins films, Little Miss Sunshine, American Beauty, a bunch of Evan Rachel Wood films, and Ocean's Eleven. So we got, you know, a great list here, you know, a lot of, a lot of con men and people, uh, d- doing bad things for money along the con way. Men <laughs> and
1: dysfunctional fa- con men and dysfunctional families.
0: Yes, dysfunctional families as well. I mean, that's <laughs> what it comes down to here. Uh, did, did you have any other, like, major thoughts about this movie that we didn't quite get into throughout the puzzle pieces?
1: Well, the thing, too, I mean, to Jillian Air, it, it starts off really kind of strong with the family. And then when uh, Gina Rodriguez's character is brought into the midst, I'm thinking, okay, well, now things are going to get really good. And you think that there's a time, you think the the family, the, both the mom and dad, are working with this other character against Evan Richard Wood's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just kind of switched around when both... Uh, Woods character and her become friends um mm-hmm. and there's also a moment too where i think the family's gonna like change their mind about what they've done and then it, they just robbed them yeah and i was like <laughs> oh. i was laughing so much when that part came on uh, i'm kind of going with the whole plot here and i really should be doing that for people who have not seen this movie and i apologize immensely oh uh, god i
0: we always expect you know, people I, to have watched the movie before they get into those things. So. Okay,
1: well, I'm not. Uh, there's parts I left off here too, but I like the whole story about a woman who's been relying on her family, and she kind of comes into her own. I thought that was good. Uh, I just, I just wanted there to be more of an end. I wanted her to confront her family. There's never mm-hmm. a moment where Everidge Woods character confronts her mom and dad, about the way she feels. And even if nothing gets changed, I want there to be a moment in that movie where the character expresses how she feels. And I never really Mm -hmm. got that. She seemed to be kind of a blank slate. The only time I ever saw her have any type of reaction to anything was when they were at the convenience store and she's like, just when I grab stuff and she like wants to like try everything. Because when she was growing up, she never had pancakes before. Her parents never actually gave her much food to enjoy. Everything was just ate to survive. You know? Sure. That's why yeah. they were they were eating like, you know, like uh, little like uh, cracker packets or things. Just stuff to survive with, right? Yeah. Anything more than this basic necessity is you're being a snob and <laughs> you're asking for too much. And so when she actually has like pancakes for the first time, it's kind of an... I opened experience there. So I kind of figured after she starts experiencing more of the stuff here and her parents come back, I just want her to be like, hey, look, why didn't you ever give me a birthday or sing me a song or break me a cake or just tell me you love me or something more than what I saw in the movie. So, yeah, I just felt underwhelmed, I guess. And maybe that's just me expecting bigger things from a movie than the director wanted to give me. I don't know. (laughs)
0: Right. I, I think that I think that's absolutely uh, valid the the uh, criticism of the ending, although i I do want to just reply just by saying, like, I do think that the parents wouldn't absorb any of what she says back to them any you know explanation and so maybe that's why the decision was made to uh, to not show any anything like that any kind of big climax with the parents or anything like that uh, of, of, of you know her uh, you know, telling them how she really feels or anything like that, because it's going to fall on deaf ears anyway. I mean, they're, those people have exhibited that they are never going to learn and never going to grow, but she is, and so she, you know, does that more internally in a way, I guess.
1: That's a good point. That's true. So she does make the change herself to be a better person, and you're right, maybe she doesn't really need to tell them anything because herself has grown into be a better person, and she actually is with someone that actually... Does love her and does right. care, so it yeah. does have a very happy ending in, in that case. So yeah, good point.
0: Interesting. Well, I, I think that about does it for kajillionaire. Uh Is there another movie you saw recently that you'd like to maybe recommend to our listeners?
1: Yes, I saw a good movie, uh, Possessor. Okay, that was I mean, most. Pos- uh,
0: possessor is wild and crazy, and uh, I had a great time talking about it on our piecing it together episode. It, it was, I heard uh, that. Yeah, you did. It, it's Sounds got good. uh it, it's it's a weird one, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> I was just the stuff happened in the movie that I was just like not expecting at all. And I I really need to watch Antiviral. I really do. And I just haven't yeah. been able a chance to watch it, but Possessor is really kind of wild. And it was not playing in many theaters. I had to go out of the way to watch mm-hmm. it. And because it wasn't playing at the local multiplexes, so I had to go to a different theater. Because it was called Uncut, and right? Right. Even though it, even though it actually was never cut at all, they just put that t- t- line in there to make it sound more dangerous, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's brutal. I will say that for listeners out there, it's it's a it's a brutal movie. There, there's if you're squeamish about violence on there, yeah, uh, just proceed with caution because the movie is very violent. Oh yeah.
0: Absolutely. Uh (laughs) Well, Vern, thank you so much for doing this. Why don't you tell people again where they can uh, find you and your podcast?
1: Oh, uh, thanks, David. Yes, uh, Cinema Recall. Our website is cinemarecall.net. Find us on Twitter at cinema underscore recall, or just uh, search for us, Cinema Recall Podcast, on your Google Spear or Bling or whatever search engine you use. (laughs) yeah it's got to be on one of those right? google spear i don't know whether you know it uh <laughs> ask jeeves remember ask jeeves
0: i you know what if that still exists i really hope our podcasts are on it i don't uh, know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> five four three know. two one that's how we do it at the five cast hi i'm tyler One of the fantastic hosts of the 5Cast podcast, along with Ben Pearson, each week we turn the listical culture of the internet on its head to compile intricately prepared top 5 lists for your enjoyment. If wasting time talking about pop culture is your thing, we have movies. I had a really soft spot in my heart for Batman Forever. Music. Moonage daydream, oh yeah. Guess. Was considering putting the Stone Cold Stunner in there. But uh, you can check it
0: out, there's 64 (laughs) names, they get voted on by the masses until there's uh, only one name
1: standing. And Schwarzenegger movies. You son of a bitch. And just type in 5Cast. That's the number 5Cast, and we'll see you real soon. Take 5.
0: All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Kajillionaire. Thank you to The Vern for joining me on that one. Don't forget to check out our episode on his podcast, Cinema Recall, about Possessor. That's coming up this week. So... As always, I want to thank you all so much for listening to the show. If you've been enjoying piecing it together, I'd really appreciate some feedback. You know, you can rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, but you could also just get in touch with me. Uh, I, I just like hearing how people are enjoying the show, and I always appreciate that, you know, I'm just me basically sitting here putting this thing together every week and sometimes twice a week or three times and driving myself nuts, but... It's good to know that people are out there listening and people are enjoying what I'm doing. So, uh, yeah, get in touch. Let me know how you like the show. And if you're ever interested in joining me for an episode, also get in touch. Let me know. I'm always looking for new co-hosts. There are lots of movies for us to cover in the coming months. So... That does it for today. Make sure you are following us on social media at Piecing Pod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. I already told you about the Patreon at the top of the show, but if you need another reminder, we got lots of bonus content, patreon.com slash Rosen. And the more subscribers we get, the more content we're going to make. So go check it out. So let's leave you guys with a piece of music as I always do. And as you know, I just released a new album. It's self-titled. It's just called David Rosen. It's my sixth album. And it came out on October 4th. And I think I'm going to play something from that new album. And this is a weird movie, so I'm going to play a weird track how about that i'm gonna go with the song hummingbird which i think is one of the weirder tracks on the album so i think it'll be a good fit with a movie like kajillionaire so this is hummingbird from my new album david rosen which is available on all the digital music services as well as on a limited edition cd over on my Bandcamp, which is davidrosen.bandcamp.com so check out that album and this is hummingbird Bye.